Welcome to the Hotter on Top podcast hosted by me, Becca Kavanaugh. This podcast is the place where I share with you the behind the scenes of building an online service-based business without the hustle. I went from working multiple jobs, hustling 12 hours a day, you name it, I have been there, to channeling my genius into a potent business that gives me the freedom and flexibility to work whenever and however the fuck I want. Now I am here to help you sell out your services without losing your sanity or yourself by using belief work and sustainable strategies so you can build a business that supports your dream life. Think of this podcast as your dose of deep business and personal development that will give you the juice and confidence you need to start taking audacious action on your desires right now. So if you're ready to feel hot and on top, then let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am so excited to be here with you. I hope that you are having a beautiful week. And life, as always, is just going by so quickly. It's already the freaking holidays, pretty much. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk to you today about when your business feels agonizingly, painfully slow. So... (laughs) I have a little bit of a different perspective on this. So I want to have you think about some things when it comes to your business being quote unquote slow. And I also want to give you some tips on how to navigate this time, what you can do differently to help relieve some of the pressure and pain that you potentially are feeling when your business feels slow. The first thing I really want to highlight to you and something I really want you to think about is that slow is kind of subjective. (laughs) And is your business actually slow or is it this feeling that you have and this perspective that you have around your business? These are the things that I want you to think about and how you can kind of highlight this or, you know, kind of find a different perspective is by looking at it very logically. So for example, when you are kind of, you know, doing out your mindset work, you're looking at your logistics, whatever it may be, instead of being like, my businesses feel slow. I only signed this many clients. I've only had this many calls, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, actually writing out that number without that like emotional charge to it. So instead of being like, I've only had clients in this amount of time, or I've been doing my business or working on my business every day for so long, for so many hours, and I've only seen this many, this much money in my bank account, right? So releasing first and foremost, the charge around how you're feeling about your business around the quote unquote slowness. So how I like to think about this is that your business is not necessarily slow. It's just not happening on your timeline. (laughs) And often the slow seasons in our business are inevitable, but also we can find ways to navigate them to make them a little bit more peaceful and easeful. A lot of the times we kind of create our own drama around the slowness and what that means instead of just seeing our business as like 
there are obviously going to be slow seasons. I know I've talked about this a lot, a lot. So if you want to listen to more about this, listen to the episode around the myth of consistency and momentum. And then there's another one about um, how to embrace the slow seasons. So definitely listen to those as well to kind of complement today's episode. But I want you to ask yourself some questions when you're kind of in this slow season, after you've released some of the charge, after you have written out logically, I have seen X amount of clients, I have made X amount of dollars, I have, you know, been in business for X amount of time, and releasing any of those onlys or those how longs or those feelings of angst around it. So that's going to be kind of your first step. And a lot of you might be able to stop there. <laughs> a lot of you might be like, actually, I'm doing pretty good. Because again, slowness is just perspective. It's it's about how our mindset sees. Like, for example, for another coach, seeing 20 clients in a week may be slow for them. You know, <laughs> for me, I would be like, um, no, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not seeing 20 clients in a week, right? But for example, like I'd be like, how do you do that? But again, it's very subjective, right? So the first and foremost thing I want you to think about is, is your business actually slow or is it just not happening on your exact timeline? And so now let's get into a little bit more of the logistics and questions I want you to ask yourself. Number one is how often are you solving your client's most urgent problem in your content? The disconnect I see the most often when it comes to service providers, when they're not seeing as many clients as they would like, it's because their potential clients have no idea how they can help them. So, or you are solving the wrong problem for your clients. Like it's not the actual urgent problem for them. As coaches, we do this a lot. We start to work, do the problem that's underneath the urgent problem, because that's what we see. And we know that that's when they come work with us, that's what we're actually going to be working on. We know the deeper root of the problem, but the thing is, is that your client does not. That's why they're hiring you to figure that out, right? And your client doesn't necessarily know exactly why they're not making certain moves or why they're not, you know, taking the leap to work with you or whatever it may be. But what they do know is what they want right in front of them, right? And so, for example, let's say I want to relate this not to coaching as well, because I want to talk about different industries as well for service providers. For example, a lot of clients used to come to me when I did hair and they would always say like, oh, I want this certain haircut. Oh, I want this. But I just feel like I'm not going to be able to pull it off. I'm not going to, you know, I am a lot of the times it was like, I'm too big. Like my body's too big to rock this haircut, you know? And I would often like be with them while they're sitting in my chair be like, you can absolutely rock this. This is what I would do for you. This is how I would make it unique to you and highlight your features. This is exactly what we would do to help you feel more confident with taking on this haircut, right? Because it has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to do with anything like that. What it does have to do is how you are going to embody this haircut and how you are going to show up with this haircut and your beautiful body, right? And so the reasoning thing is like, if I just had addressed like, oh, you don't want this haircut or, oh, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, like you can actually rock this haircut, you know, the 
thing was, was that they didn't feel confident within themselves. And that was the deeper issue. Right. And so I knew that, but they didn't exactly know that, for example, right. They just go, I know I probably shouldn't get this haircut. So it would be my job to highlight all the reasons on why they should get that haircut. And one of those reasons may be that they're stopping them from their weight, but it may be a lot of different reasons. I used to get a lot of people that would talk about their jobs and how they felt it was unprofessional. I used to work on curly haired clients a lot because I'm also a curly girly. And a lot of them would tell me that they felt that they had to straighten their hair to be professional. So these are all ways that I could have in my content talked about these objections to get their hair done, right? I would talk about how they didn't have to straighten their hair, that they could have a professional haircut, you know, that they could have these things and how I am doing this. This is what I really want to highlight to you. I'm taking real clients that have told me real things verbatim from their mouth and I am using their words and putting that in my content. So that way they know I'm speaking directly to them. This is how I also like to say is that you're speaking your client's language. You know, um, when as well, when I did hair and the same thing goes for coaching is how we often take a lot of our own terminology that we have as a professional, but our clients know nothing about that. We are the t people that spent years in school or crafting our, you know, expertise and it is our job to meet our clients in the middle and speak to them and communicate to them, not in a very like, you know, professional or like, you know, very, um, with like a lot of specialized terminology that they might not know. And this is where there's like a huge communication gap. I see a lot of coaches talking about their modalities and talking about like tapping and I'm going to learn, you know, um, I know NLP and like all these different things. And like your client doesn't care about that. Your client's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. I don't really know what that is. And then you're working overtime in your content to like position yourself as an expert and show them why they should care about this modality. When in reality, you could have just made it easier on both of you and just talked about their problem and why you can help them solve it. Right. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but, <laughs> but I hope that you are talking. So number one here, Find your client's most urgent problem, talk to them in their specific language, and take what people are telling you to heart and use that in your content. Use it verbatim, how they are telling you their problem and how you can help them overcome it. And that is, again, their most urgent problem. It's keeping them away from what they actually, you know, the results that they're seeing, right? The, this thing is stopping them from getting the haircut. This thing is stopping them from making the money, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that is the most urgent problem. That is their most urgent desire. That's what you're going to want to be speaking to. Okay, so number two, how often, and you have to really ask yourself this, how often do you make offers? And what I mean by this is how often are you telling people, hey, hello, I am taking on clients. <laughs> I am selling to you. I am selling something. I can help you. How often are you saying it? And that explicitly. I know that sounds really obnoxious, but I'm being very honest with you when I say you have to say it out loud verbatim all the time. <laughs> Let me tell you, people are fucking busy, especially if like a lot of your modalities of selling is on social media. People are fucking busy. And let me tell you, they're about to get even busier because we are so wrapped up in holidays. Social media is just bombarded with holiday shit and all this stuff, right? And so even more so, it is 
like if you want to sign clients before the end of the year, you want to multiply your sales before the end of the year. Now is the time to double this, you know? So if you think that you're selling quote unquote too much, I can guarantee you are not selling enough for your potential clients to know that you are selling and you have to be willing. Yes. I'm going to say you have to be willing to feel annoying. I know, I know that's so hard. You have to be willing to seem a little obnoxious. Now, if you feel like you're annoying and obnoxious, you're doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right because again, not everybody in your audience, and especially the most ideal clients that need to see your content, they're not seen all the time. And if you have super fans that are seeing your shit all the time, then great. They'll they won't get sick of it because they're still your fans, right? They're still gonna be following you. They're they're gonna get that you run a business and they're not gonna be taken aback by you selling so much right? It is your job to continue to make offers and sell and sell and sell and sell your little heart out. And here's the thing. If you can't be like, I'm being annoying or I'm, you know, being obnoxious or whatever, I can guarantee you're not selling enough. So that'll answer your question right there. If you feel like, am I actually selling enough? Am I not? If you don't feel annoying (laughs) in some, in a little bit, then you're probably not doing it enough. And that's okay because you can always do it more right? And I'm not saying that you need to be on all the time. You don't need to be selling all the freaking time. But if you are in a quote unquote slow season and you truly believe that, then guess what? It's time to sell. It's time to double up that selling, right? And just give it another shot. Okay. So number three is how do you show up when nobody is clicking by as soon as possible? Like you put out the offer, people aren't clicking by and you are just in your brain hole in all the mind drama, right? (laughs) So if you start to like spiral out every time somebody's not clicking by right away, and by the way, right away, quote unquote, may also mean like a month, two months, right? And you are like, you instantly drop your energy. You're not as excited anymore. You are, you know, not showing up as more. Like people can feel that like kind of in and out energy. And it's very, this energy is very contingent on like if people are going to buy from you or not. And people can just see right through that. Your clients can see right through that. And a a reminder as well, we are all busy. Your potential clients are busy. The internet is noisy. So, but you ghosting on your social media presence when people aren't buying on your timeline isn't helping you. It's hurting you. So how can you continue to show up and help even when you're not seeing the results as soon as possible, or really on your timeline, right? This goes back to having that mindset around, you know, identifying that this is more so your timeline and not necessarily your business's timeline, not necessarily your client's timeline, right? If you're truly here to help people, you're going to honor people's timelines. And you're just going to be like, hey, I understand that you can't do it right now. I'll still be here. I'll be here when you're ready. That is such a clean energy and that usually brings people closer to you. They're like, oh my God, the pressure's off because not a lot of people are doing that. Not many people are like, don't worry about it. I'll be here when you're ready. They're like, what? That feels so good. That feels so new. I didn't know selling could feel so good. I didn't know being sold to could feel so good. Okay, take my money. (laughs) I'm in, I'm in. Right. But when you pressurized it, when so many people pressurize it and they go, are you sure? Why don't you trust yourself? You should invest right now. I'm doing this right now. And then they're like, yeah, that, that kind of doesn't feel good. Right. It doesn't feel as good. So how can you continue to show up and remember that you're helping people, even when you're not seeing results on your timeline, 
You know, again, this could be months. This could be years, right? But are you in it for the long haul? And are you willing to help people even when it's not on your timeline, but it's on theirs instead, right? So some other things that I want you to think about. These are some tips that I want you to put in practice because the reason your business feels agonizing slow is because you are waiting for it to feel good. (laughs) But the results that feel like, holy shit, I just did that. (laughs) I can't believe I'm doing this. Those normally come from the actions that don't feel as good. Actions that you have to take over and over and over again until you get to experience that like, holy shit, I did this result. And you're not doing anything wrong. I want to remind you, actually, you taking the action that doesn't feel good is a sign that you are on the right track. But here's some things that I want to <laughs> make the help you make the agonizing actions more sustainable and feel at least 1% more fun. So the first thing I want tip that I have for you is practice putting it first. I personally no longer put off tasks that I know I don't enjoy. You know, I practice putting them first on my to-do list over and over and over again. And eventually the task will feel like a second nature and it feels good to just like cross it off, like cross it off my to-do list first thing. So it's not lingering over me for days because if you're anything like me, if I didn't do it, like I would procrastinate and then it'd be the end of the day. I was like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it's like lingering for days and days. And then it's just like wasting all my mental energy and wasting up all this energy. And yeah, so it's just like, it can make doing other tasks so much easier because I got it out of the way. It's not lingering over me. And so that is my first tip is just practice playing it first, practice making it more enjoyable, right? Getting it out of the way right from the get. Number two is get good at it. So (laughs) it's psychologically proven that when we feel competent in an area of the work that we do, we enjoy the work more. So often I see my clients struggle to get tasks done that will help their business move forward because they don't feel like they're good at it. These are the tasks that they're not too sure and they don't feel good at it. And this is a very common feeling in entrepreneurship since there are very little rules and you have like no boss praising you or telling you when you did a good job, um, all this stuff. So it makes so much sense. That when a task feels overwhelming or hard or you're afraid to like make a mistake, you're not too sure if you're doing it right, that you kind of lead, like it leads to avoidance. But how will you ever get good at something if you don't do it on repeat, you know? Get good at the tasks that you don't enjoy and then you get to find a rhythm and then you'll watch your enjoyment for the tasks like skyrocket, you know? And how you get good at something is by practicing. And this is why we put it first. And this is why we continue to practice it over and over again. It's so that you can get good at it. Because when you get good at something, you will absolutely find more enjoyment from the task. And number three is treat yourself. Okay. So (laughs) it's also proven that our brains love that sweet, sweet dopamine. Okay. And you can literally hack your brain by giving yourself a little treat every time you do this like dreading task. So for example, I, I hate grocery shopping. Oh God, it's like, it's a whole event. If I could just Instacart like everything in my life, I would. (laughs) And it's a whole event that I have to do at least once a week to literally survive. And if you guys don't know me, I kind of live in a very rural area. And so the nearest like big name grocery store is about 20 minutes away. And again, I don't have Instacart, I don't have DoorDash, I don't have any of those luxuries, okay? I live too far away. Um, So 20 minutes away from me um, also happens to be like the 
Starbucks is right next to the grocery store. So, you know, I have to go treat myself to a little Starbucks drinkity drink with all the sugary goodness. Um, and right now I'm such a slut for their cookie, the, the like iced um, sugar cookie latte. Love that shit with oat milk. Thank me later. Okay. But, <laughs> but this is what I do to get that dopamine hit. I'm like, okay, yes, I have to go grocery shopping, but I get that Starbucks and that that'll make it worth it. And so my brain's like looking forward to that reward and it's fun. And I get that like dopamine. Okay. So reeling it back in, my point is you pair your not so fun tasks with a fun reward to get that like little dopamine hit that your brain craves, you know, and this will kind of help you from like doing things that your brain like, I, I think of this as like cheap dopamine. It's like scrolling on your phone or watching a TV show or whatever those may be. It's like you can do those things, put a timer on and then just do those things after you've done the thing that you need to do, you know, then it's over and done with. And bonus tip, if you're a freak like me, you can get really curious. <laughs> so I like to sometimes just go into my brain hole, see what's going on in there. Um, ask yourself, how, why does this task really bother me? What is the hardest part about this task? And how can I make this task easier on my, on myself? So when you put these tips on repeat and watch your commitment, for undesirable tasks transform and watch how your business bank account grows rapidly. And this is kind of a final thought that I have when it comes to tasks, when it comes to slowness in your business, it's not your business's job to entertain you or to make you feel good or to validate you. This is always first and foremost, your job, whether you have a business or not. And I know that may sound like a little blah or like, man, you don't really want to hear that. Hear me out though. Let this fact liberate you. Now you will no longer waste your time trying to make your business something it's not. Now you get to channel your precious energy into doing what makes, doing what feels good for you and let your business serve its purpose in your life, you know? So if you found this podcast episode helpful, please let me know. And just imagine what one-on-one -on -one coaching could do for you and your business if you like this podcast. My goal for you is to have a purposeful, profitable, and peaceful business that will continue to thrive for years to come. And so if you want to work with me, you can schedule a sales call to apply to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. This is a free call where I will help you get to the root of why you aren't seeing the results or feeling how you want to feel in your business. Then I will outline step-by-step -step exactly what I would help you with if we were to work together one-on-one -on -one for the next six months. So if I can't confidently help you make your investment back, then I will refer you out or I will point you in the right direction. Seriously. No lies here. Okay. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you gained a lot of value from it and we will chat next week. Mwah. If you are serious about making more money in your business without the hustle, then you better get on my email list. Sign up now with the link in the show notes to receive two exclusive trainings on client attraction that will help you sign your dreamiest clients fast. If you're ready to go to the next level, you can learn how to work with me by going to my website, www.beccajoecavanaugh.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will chat next week.